This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porncast that punishes your bratty stepsister by not fucking her. I'm your co-host, Alice Vaughn, and with me, I have my delicious co-host, Yvette Dontremont, aka The Sidebabe. How are you doing, Yvette? Delicious. Did you, did you lick me? Did I miss that in our sexual will-they-won't-they they history? I, I wish I hadn't. I'm so excited now. But you, likewise, my dear, are... Well, you have nibbled on me. Oh, I, I rested <laughs> my teeth on your shoulder. And this was after your boobs were in my... There is visual proof that your boobs are in my face. Look, I have no complaints. You left a mark. You liked it. Maybe. Um, <laughs> so I apologize if this term is inappropriate, but we have another delicious lady joining us for... And this we are recording on International Women's Day. We have an FFF. We have... Three ladies together for a threesome. We have the lovely, the talented, the funny, and the sexy Kate Kennedy joining us. Kate, thank you for hanging out with us today. Hi, guys. Thanks for hanging out with me. Well, we're happy to have you on, especially since you're just so funny and interesting that I was like, you know what? Fuck it. We need to do a girl on girl on girl with her. Jesus Christ, you made me blush. We do what we can to get blood flowing. Oh, hey. <laughs> I promise the little mouth clicks are going to stop one day. When I remember these do not translate well at all to recording. Nope. No, not at all. But Kate, you have done a couple things. So one of the things that you're kind of known for, and I've accidentally, I feel like, watched your porn before I knew who you were. Because nowadays on Pornhub, there's so much step brother, stepsister, incestual porn that I... Technically not incest, just... Yeah. I don't even want to call it weird anymore. It's just everywhere. It's the norm. Yeah. I'm going to take a wild guess. You're like, what, 25? I am almost 25. I'll be 25 in like three weeks, in a month. Yeah. But you look way younger. Yes, I do. I wear a lot of sunscreen. Ah, this is a secret to a long life for your skin. It's never do what I did in my early 20s and sit out in the sun. It's a bad idea. So tell us more about you being a stepsister, I guess. Is that like the only thing you do? Is that a predominant? I don't know. I I need to be in the shoes. Tell us about your life in the adult film industry. (laughs) I would say I'm probably a stepsister or a stepdaughter about... I'm going to say 30 to 40% of the time. That's a large percentage of this. And is the rest of the genres of porn kind of a split or is there anything else that you, I don't know if I want to say specialize in, or is there, is there anything else that's a concentration? There is actually. It's So it's kind of a mix. When I'm doing mainstream pretty kind of porn, a lot of times I am like a really young trophy wife. I often play that. A babysitter sometimes. Oh, I so see it. My rules skew teen, but I also do uh, bondage uh, and fetish. I do BDSM porn um, nice. pretty frequently. I love that. And then Top I, or bottom? I'm actually a switch, but I ah. never get cast as a switch. I'm always the bottom. Oh, I believe in you. <laughs> Thank you. Very much. That's actually how I got into the industry. I worked behind the scenes for a year as a production assistant for a BDSM porn oh. company. Oh, that's nice. Awesome. Yeah. So that was my first job in the industry. Uh, and then I started performing from there. So I would be on set building their bondage equipment and 
doing horrible things to pretty girls. It was really fun. Oh, you poor thing. That sounds awful. How did you cope? I mean, I made no money, so that oh, yeah, <laughs> you make no money doing that, but it's really you fun. You lived on sex and sex alone. It sounds like a, the plot of a bad 70s porno, actually. They feasted on sex. I, wait, did we see that? Cafe Flesh? I think that was part of the plot of Cafe Flesh. Part of the plot, but you know, it's also it, this sounds like a really interesting like internship. It's like we we're not going to pay you, but you're going to get off. I did get paid, and oh, it okay. was I was getting paid more hourly than I had for anything else ever that I'd done. Is it a company that's still uh, working? Or yes, it's a company I still perform for. Sometimes it's Insects. Uh, they're okay. based up in Oregon, in Portland. Cool. I was a year out of college. My degree's in advertising. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I didn't want to do a nine-to-five job. And I went because my friend was shooting with them. And she's like, just come. It'll be really fun. It's like a vacation. And uh, I was like, okay. So I went. And they were nice, but I didn't think of anything else. And uh, a couple months later, they emailed me and were like, hey, we need a new marketing manager. Would you ever be interested in a job in this industry? And I was like, yeah, um, since I was 14. Thanks. Nice. (laughs) Nice. I went and I worked for a weekend on set with them. It was the most fun I'd ever had at work. I loved it. I got home on Monday morning. I quit my job. And three weeks later, I drove from Denver to Portland with everything I owned in my car. So not only do you do porn from, I mean, I did a little reading on you and I saw that you also dance. I used to dance. I'm not currently dancing. I stopped dancing when I moved to L.A. Got it. So out of curiosity, um, can I still ask you a little bit about stripper etiquette? Yeah, absolutely. I love being a stripper. I miss it constantly. It was a really fun time in my life. I want to start feature dancing this year, hopefully. Well, we're rooting for you. Now, question, what are some big don'ts for going to a club? Because, you know, I, I've been thinking about it. I was like, all right, so like, don't pelt them with loose change. That's like, a good one. No, you can't Venmo after the lap dance. Um, <laughs> Venmo before the lap dance, duh. <laughs> Stop holding judges signs after, you know, using the pole, you know, kind of weird that a bunch I of- I would love that. That'd be hilarious. Has people ever done that? It's a bunch of dudes and holding like a 7.6, a 5.8, you know, to see if you stuck the landing. Exactly. If you stuck the landing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I have seen a two-floor pole in a club that used to be a Costco's. That's awesome. It's in Miami, and it's called Tootsie's. Okay, I'm going to add it to my list. I'm just saying, obviously not a paid endorsement, but highly recommend a night out at Tootsie's. It's fucking oh, insane. Oh, I want to go. Go. <laughs> and the thing is, and I checked out the demographics on our audience. We have about 75% men, 25% women. And I enjoy a night at a strip club with my husband. And we went when we were still dating. You won't leave there feeling bad about your body. There are women of every shape and size there. I left going, I feel pretty good. My husband liked every single girl up there. That means he likes me too. Shocking that he's dating me and he likes my body. We're not smart about our self-esteem. I'm just saying. No, not at all. And that was a big thing with stripping that I found when I started too is that they're obviously most customers are male. Men have a very wide range of body types and looks that they like. It's a business. So you're going to try to cater to as many people as possible. And what I really liked about the club I was at is that we would all kind of hustle jointly. So, you know, I'm short, blonde, and petite, but you might want tall, black, and curvy. And so if I'm talking to a guy and he's not really into me and he's not going to pay me, I would just stop and be like, hey, it's cool that you're not into me, but is there another girl here that catches your eye? Because I'll send her over. And sometimes he'd be like, yeah, that girl who's exactly the opposite of you. 
<laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and then that was mutual. It's okay to request. Between all the girls, very okay to request. It's your party. So we would all work that way, and I would have other girls send me to customers they were talking to that were into me. It was a very supportive environment, which is cool. Nice. I have like I have a few friends who have worked as strippers. We had um, my friend Anna on the show a few weeks ago who ended up going from working as a stripper to working as an animator on The Simpsons when she met a few guys who worked as animators at the club she was uh, dancing at. That's awesome. And it's been interesting, the stories that I've heard back. I've all said, really supportive environment, felt totally safe there. I'm like, I have been sexually harassed at more uh, business offices than my <laughs> friends yes. who have stripped. That was a big thing for me when I started, because I started dancing uh, when I moved to Portland and I was working as a PA. So I would work on set during the day and then at night I would go dance. That was a huge thing for me was I was like, wow, like I've worked in all these offices and I, I've done all these other things. And here is the first place where if I tell the bouncer, yo, homeboy's getting out of hand, you need to instantly, like no questioning what I was saying, instantly believing me and taking care of the situation. And that was really empowering, which is cool. Probably because they have to believe the talent. or It's like there's no, you have no incentive to kick out a guy who's paying money and behaving. That's someone who's going to keep putting money in your pocket. Like, so it makes sense that they believe yeah. you. If only we could believe women everywhere else. I know. So- I remember, and I don't know if they still have this place, but now I'm really curious. Growing up in New Jersey, I remember that there was this place that offered like a breakfast deal at a strip club. Wow. And I kind of want to see if it still exists. Where in New Jersey? It was in northern New Jersey. Oh, so I, I lived in South Jersey. Oh. So I, can't, I was going to yeah. say, I don't have any friends I can call and be like, can you go around the corner? <laughs> I feel like it could be in... Bergen County, I could be wrong, um, or Hudson. But the point is this, I remember they had a really good breakfast deal. I feel like I need to see if it exists and go back. Look, I want eggs with my tits, okay? I don't think I'm asking too much. So I actually worked at a vegan strip club. Wait, how does that work? Sizzle, not steak. We put the meat on the pole, not on your plate. What? (laughs) (laughs) That's our real motto. Oh my God. It's in Portland. Was it gluten-free too? I mean, I have standards. It was not gluten-free. So Portland, if you don't know, is the strip club capital of America. There's more strip clubs per capita. No. How did I not know this? Strip City. And it's a really cool place to be a sex worker because people like embrace it. There's t-shirts. People fucking love. Good. I would always tell people, if you see a pretty girl in downtown Portland, she's a stripper. It's everyone's side hustle. It's everyone's Uber. Like, it's how you make extra money at night. I was going to say, and you get way more control over it than if you're working Uber. Yeah. And I mean, there's literally in the downtown, the city, city alone, I think there's 20, 30 clubs. Like, there's a ton. So I worked at Casa Diablo, which is vegan. It's themed after the movie Dusk Till Dawn with the vampires. So it's very like Mexican bordello. It's kind of run down in like a ironic way because it's Portland hipsters. (laughs) I love working there. We had really good food. The whole menu was vegan. Burgers, burritos, the tater tots are amazing. And then we couldn't wear any like leather, wool, silk on the pole. Everything we wore had to be, you don't have to be vegan work there. I'm not, but everything in the club is vegan. You couldn't bring any like non-vegan food items in or anything like that. I have a question. 
If a woman consumes semen, like if a vegan does that, like can she? Can she not? Like, can you swallow if you're a vegan? I think you can because it's not an animal product. More than likely, he consent. Wait, what if the man didn't consent to you swallowing? Then are you eating protein from an animal that hasn't consented? That's a minefield. Oh, Vegans, yeah. right in. Info at two girls, one mic. Are you still a vegan if you swallow? For the, like the three angry vegans who are going to write, we're fucking kidding. Like, I know. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the two angry vegans out of the thousands of them are the ones that ruin it for the rest of them. There's actually two Casa Diablos in Portland. There are two whole strip clubs that they can go to and know that everything on the menu is prepared with love and respect to animals. Everything's completely vegan. And terrible cheese. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> Never had vegan cheese. That was okay. Yeah, if you do go there um, and you get the smothered breakfast burrito, don't get the cheese on it because it's gross. Yeah, vegans have not nailed cheese yet. Sorry, guys. Not sorry Had a lot of really amazing vegan food. I was a like 98% vegan for like two years. Just sorry, guys. The, you haven't nailed fake cheese yet. Okay, do you know what I want to see? I want to see a dick smothered in cheese. Like fondue, that shit. Have, is there a yeah. porn like that? Well, now that you've said it, there is. I would be in It's happening that. right now. You know what? Okay, I'm going to say this as a professional. Do it. No, I'm not. Because the only way that you could film that, the cheese would have to be lukewarm. You can't like, and if it's oh, melted. Yeah. But what if it's nacho cheese? That's okay. Yeah, but it would still, it can't be hot. It'd have to be cold nacho cheese. This is true. Yeah, but I've had like... I mean, when you get Tostitos nacho cheese off the shelves, that's fine if it's, like, cool. Oh, like queso dip? Yeah. There is definitely liquid nacho cheese that you can get off shelves. It counts as a cheese. But it tastes much better when it's warm. I don't know if you've it's ever true. been really stoned and eaten queso without oh, heating Oh, but it I up. have. I have. It does need a little bit of heat. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was about to say, and Luke, technically lukewarm is body temperature. Who wants lukewarm cheese? Yeah, exactly. All right, mm-hmm. fine. It's a good concept. I liked where you were going with it. Look, I just, I really enjoy cheese. Why not just, you know, combine my two favorite things, dick and cheese, but not dick cheese. Not dick cheese. Not dick cheese. Wash your junk. Please, please. It's going to be the name of our first co-authored book is Wash Your Junk. We keep saying it. It will happen by episode 69 at least. Oh, <laughs> And instead of actual an actual book, it's just going to be like a hollow it out book with a thing of baby wipes and manscaping material and or, you know, sorry, everyone scaping material because, you know, I don't know who the fuck wants to clean up their shit down there. But yeah, it's going to be baby wipes in a book cover. <laughs> Evan Stone's doing the infomercial. He doesn't know it, but he, it's it's happening. It's either him or Tommy. No, we're putting Tommy Pistol on the cover. <laughs> Tommy Pistol is the person that I lost to for the AVN Award, and I <gasps> was very ha- – I thought he should win from the get-go, so I was very happy. He fucked a couch, man. Like, it was – This is true. He deserved he, it. He yeah. went there. Wait, was that Pee-wee's Playhouse or something else? It was the puppet inside oh, me. Oh, yeah. So the category for most outrageous sex scene – like the nominees, it was just my movie and four Tommy Pistol movies. <laughs> <laughs> so you were you were the long shot. That sounds accurate. I was like, I know we're not gonna win. I was like, we just shouldn't. Like it's a Tommy. Like, I love Tommy. I've worked with him multiple times, and I I really love him. He's great. Kate, we're going to plan it so that way you're in that category every year. It's gonna happen. We'll find new and outrageous things for you to sit on. I would love that because people, when they were asking me, like, you know, are you nominated? And then I'd be like, yeah. 
And then I would tell them it was for most outrageous. And they were like, I had a couple people be like, really? You? Really? And I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, thank I know. I'm super cute, but. You can be twisted. You look like you it. You do BDSM porn. You can beat people with an AVN next. I could, you know. I mean, I wouldn't. They're very heavy. It was. I trust in your ability to wield it <laughs> effectively. I think that's the correct term. You know what? I feel like the next thing we need to do, make a list of all the things Kate can shove in her. Oh. That's the only thing we have. We need to do. Oh, man. Is there a square footage maximum on that? I'm just curious. Oh, we- absolutely. To be fair, I shoved these in a different person, not into me. Oh, okay. Then that too. Yeah. Just to be clear, she was a trooper. I would not have done that. They're not meant to go in people. N- no. No. They did not very think so. Heavy. They're quite large. They're not very phallic shaped. The whole thing was just a lot of maneuvering. Everyone really knocked it out of the park that day. Oh, my. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I lived in L.A. for, like, two weeks at that point. That was, like, one of the first scenes I did. No shit. Like, and they just called me. They're like, hey, last minute, can you go do this? And I was like, okay. I did not know what we were doing. Welcome to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> you figured it out, I guess. We figured it out. <laughs> Round hole, roundish peg. Lube. Lots of lube. A lot of not quitting. Oh my God. I'm impressed and horrified. I'm picturing how someone would use that as a as a thwacky toy. And I'm like, I think women would build up much like they use a cane. That is my guess, but I don't know how many pointy edges there are on one. It's mostly the base because most of it's like there's a very large square base uh. and then the trophy. And that's where most of the weight is. Uh. So that's the hard part because it's not balanced in terms of like uh, hitting someone with something. Yeah. That's not something I want in my sex toys. No. Mm-hmm. I have a one thwacky toy that it's sorry for the TMI audience. I have one pity thing that takes an old fire hose and attached it to a giant wooden handle. That's heavy, but it's balanced. Yes, I have had one of those. Actually, they're fun. I was very into BDSM before I got into porn. And I was with a partner and we worked at BDSM conventions and taught classes and we vended like we were very in that world. So we had an excessive sex toy collection. As happens. You get a discount if you work at the convention. Nice. And I I did put the retail, like I priced out retail value on like our floggers, just our floggers alone one time. And like the retail for them did come out to, I think, almost $15,000. Holy crap. Yeah. We didn't, we probably paid about 5,000 for all, but I think we had almost 20. We had kangaroo leather, moose, bison. The different leathers makes a difference. It does the weight and the different falls. And uh, we had at that point, like our whole basement of our house was a sex dungeon. And whenever his parents would come over, we would be like, oh, you know what? Like, the water heater broke, and the landlord just told us not to go down there for a while. You just don't want to go. Ch- it's moldy. Like yeah. oh, there are rats. Yeah. There's we we haven't cleaned up the dragon down there yet. <laughs> We're dealing with this. Please don't notice. We have a you know vintage gynecology table and a twin bed that we've welded shackles to. Please <laughs> don't look down there. Oh my god. <laughs> It was it was awesome. It was very fun. I built a St. Andrew's cross out of an old bed frame that I got at West Elm. But I left the West Elm sticker on it. So if anyone asked where I got my bondage equipment, I could say I got it at West Elm. Of course. They sell it off the shelf. I'm so impressed. I just want you to send the blueprints for that to my husband. That's all I'm asking. 
I actually can if you want there not it was not hard. I think it was like a weekend project. I won't say no. She's not joking. I mean, when I say I'm only half joking, what I mean is I'm not joking at all. <laughs> what I mean is I won't be offended if this is a no. However, tell me. I will happily <laughs> send you the blueprints for it. And I think the blueprints I used, you could make it a bunch of different ways. To, like mine was adjustable. You could adjust the angle on it. I'm a woodworker too, so I I build things a lot, yeah. Totally aside, uh, I reminded me of something. So we had uh, the comedian and host of Man Whore on our podcast a while ago, Billy Presida, and he, the next day, happened to be in my area. He's located in New York and was flying out to San Francisco, stopped by the house, and in my living room, I happened to have this thing that looks like a human body is held onto it. Billy started making jokes about, so you've gotten some good use out of that, right? And I started talking about how much relief it gives me because it's a suspension table to hang on for your back upside down. <laughs> and he thinks it's a sex <laughs> Now, here's the thing. He had no reason not to think that. Like, it was an okay assumption to make. And, like, I'm not saying this to pick on Billy at all. It was just, it was hilarious. It's like, I had to explain, no, 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 Billy. That's perfect. This is the one thing that's not a sex <laughs> the toy. the only thing in the house. Everything else, like, the, it's the measuring cups over there. Those are totally sex toys, too. Don't ask how. <laughs> well, have you not ever measured your husband's semen? Who hasn't? But I need a quart container for that, obviously. Duh. I collect it by the month. <laughs> well, you know, just like I keep it in my closet, those couple of gallons for the apocalypse. Like, I could tell people, watch the video, The Collector. It's amazing. <laughs> so we did watch a porn this week. We did. Okay, so... Yvette here hasn't really watched Parks and Rec. I have not. But you know what? We're going to hold your hand through this, girl. Walk me through some Ron Swanson and Leslie notes. You've never watched Park. I'm so sad. I think I've seen it eight or nine times. <laughs> I am so familiar with the characters of Ron Swanson and Leslie Nope, though, because they're they're pop cultural like mainstays now, and it's like who the fuck doesn't know the ethos of Ron Swanson by this point? He's an all American man who likes steak and pretty women. Like that's him and woodworking and has a mustache. I. <laughs> I'm a mustache gal. Like, that does it for me. Oh, yeah. Really? Give me some facial hair. Especially the 70s porn tash. Like, I love working with Charles Dara because it's just like a caterpillar died on his lip. And I'm like, mm. ah, let me bite it. Can I bite it? <laughs> but, wait, the lip or the stash? Nice. The stash. Yeah, I just want to oh. like... Mm. Right that, you know, I don't know why... I, Sometimes my sexuality baffles me a little bit. Well, now the next time you do a scene with him, like I want you to just lay some teeth into it and see what happens and see if it gets, if, if it doesn't land on the cutting room floor or if he doesn't go, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I want, I want this to happen. I'm actually supposed to work with him. He's in Tahoe right now. I'm supposed to work with him later this week, actually, because he owes me a, a content trade. I did a scene for him. A few weeks ago. So if he owes you, you're going to get that mustache nibble. I'm just, I'm saying. I know. Yeah, because it's, I get to decide what we're doing and I'm going to lick the hell out of that mustache. You do that. You go, I girl. I feel like there has to be like five minutes straight of just like, ah, that mustache. I, I will watch the shit out of that. I need help, obviously. I have mental problems. So back on to this porno that we all watched. So in this porn, we had uh, Dick Chibbles. Dick Chibbles is Ron. Yeah, we had Dick Chibbles as Ron Swanson. Okay, so by the way, we haven't talked about Dick Chibbles since our Wizard of Oz episode, yeah. where we were like, he has like the greatest like porn name in my opinion. Dick Chibbles. Just 
Because his last name could be a verb. Chibling could be a it's, thing. This is clearly a porn name, right? Like, I want this to be his real name, and I know it can't be. Well, Ryan Creamer, that's a real name. True. And we, you know, we had him on the show, you know, um, if you're not familiar, go watch Ryan Creamer's stuff. It's very wholesome. Oh, yes. But we had him as Ron Swanson. We had Aiden Starr as Leslie Nope, uh, Chris Slater as Ben Wyatt. And we had a Maxine X who played... Tamara. We didn't have a Donna. So a quick summary of the plot is that Leslie realizes that she needs to get dirty and naughty because she's possibly at risk of losing Ben. So the local porn store kind of steps in to help everybody find their sexy side in this Interesting take on Parks and Rec, which is worth row to our other former guest, Leroy Myers. It is a Wood Rocket production. We love you, Leroy. Thank you for all the entertainment and for ruining our childhood. I'm okay with this. Yeah, I mean, my childhood was ruined by my childhood, so. <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt. That's great. My childhood was Fuck ruined it. I'm, You know, childhood. we should put that on our website. Done. Let's do it. Let's market that. Yes. I love Leroy, though. He is He's great. I finally got to meet him at AVN, and I was lost. I was supposed to do a podcast interview with Manuel Ferreira in this other room. Oh, we love. I just worked with him the other day. Oh, my God. You guys. Holy shit. We need to get him on. Actually, hold on. We, can we talk about this for a second? Yeah. yeah let's. We, we will always pause to, to speak of Manuel Ferreira. By the way, Manuel, call us. Yeah, because I won't be able to talk that entire episode. Oh Look, God. I am in the process of trying to get Lena Paul on, and I'm shitting myself at that. So I'll talk to Manuel, okay? Kate, all right. So yes. a question. Have you fucked him? Yes. Was it as good as rumored? It's better. <gasps> I had heard from every girl I know that that was the best sex they had ever had. And Never mind just in porn, but ever? Ever. It's the oh. best sex I've ever had. It was amazing. Oh. I think I still have bruises. <laughs> That's a good day. I hate you. I want to be you. It was last minute. It was the day before yesterday, actually. Well, yeah, it's it it last scene I shot. You still have, like, the ghost of his dick is still there. Yeah, he, he bit my wrist, and I can still see his teeth oh. on it a little bit. Oh. Sorry, Alice and I are dying a little bit right now. Look, sorry, I'm just coming on this podcast. You guys have seen that and or heard it before, right? <laughs> we're in relationships and we're happy, but look. This is different. This is Manuel Ferrara. Yes. Manuel, we have taste. Oh. <laughs> it's like a whole different like species of man. He was put on this planet to give orgasms to women. It's amazing. Like It was super last minute. I'd worked the day before. My agent texted me and was like, do you want to work with Manuel Ferrer tomorrow? And I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, what? Oh, yeah. Best male performer of, you know, like six times. Yeah, 18. Six times, exactly. Yeah. yeah sure. And uh, she's like, okay, we're going to call you. So long story short, I worked with him for Raw, which is a site he does. And it's amazing because it's just sex. There's no opening up. The camera's on the nightstand. You actually just get to fuck Manuel Ferreira for an hour, oh, like the way you want to. You poor thing. <laughs> I don't know how you cope. And I'm very shy around people like that. Like I'm still, like you guys, like yeah. if I have to talk to someone like that, I still get very nervous and shy. Oh, yeah. And uh, so first this guy got there, I was like, okay, okay, this is gonna, you're going to do this. Don't make a fool of yourself. And he's he's very nice. We'd gone bowling together a few weeks before that. Apparently, that's how he had a last-minute cancellation. 
And we all go bowling together. Steve Holmes organizes it. We need to be in LA so we can go to this bowling. It's very fun. I We all went and uh, I'd met him before that too, but he, he's like, yeah, I saw you went bowling and I wanted to work. It's like, oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> I was like, I didn't nice. think you knew who I was. But yeah, it was amazing. It was it was amazing. So what was like the best part or like things that he did? I kind of want to know. He, and this is good for our audience to know too. What can you pick up from watching Manuel Ferreira? Oh, and man. the scene will be out soon so they could buy it. But tell me, tell us. We need to know. know. The things he says to you when he's, fu- he like whispers things in your ear oh. when he's fucked. And it's like the most fucked up shit. And it's amazing. He just knows how to mentally twist your nipples. What does he say? Oh, yeah. He's like, I'm going to piss in your mouth. He's like, I'm gonna <laughs> he's like, I'm going to bring you over and have all my friends come in your fucking mouth and they're going to oh. piss on you. And I'm just like, you can, it's like, you could just do whatever you want to me. Honestly, that's fine. It's the <laughs> accent. It's the fucking uh, accent. Uh, it, even oh that, it's like, he knows exactly what to say. It's amazing. Like, it, I don't know. It was just really cool. He kind of gets you into a place where if you're already kind of a submissive person, you're like, let do what you want to my body. Yes. Yeah. You're, there's something when you're fucking someone, and I will openly say this when you're fucking someone that's that out of your league. Because he's out of everybody's league. I'm not being disparaging. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's literally better at it than anyone else. It makes sense that he's married to Caden Cross because she's fucking yeah. out of every yeah. every man's league. Yeah. So, like, it makes sense they're together. Those two just have orgasms together and the rest of the world occasionally is like, I'm in a better mood now and I don't know why. Like, that's, that's the thing that happens. We share collectively in those amazing orgasms. Is, is there an earthquake in the valley today? No, it was just Manuel and Caden. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little earthquake. But, oh, wow. Valley. Mm. Okay, so we should get back to our movie. Yes. <laughs> Sorry to distract what you What we're all. saying is Manuel, call us. Call me. And not just for the porn cast. Oh. All right, so um, <laughs> we, we start the porno off with the clean, campy music that you get from Parks and Rec as well, which was just really sweet and nice. Yeah, they nail it on the intro. It looks exactly like it, which is cool. So quick summary for if you've never seen Parks and Rec, uh, the plot line revolves around characters who work at their local Parks and Recreation Department. Um, You have like your Leslie Nope, who is kind of, if we took Alice and put me in a Parks and Rec department and said, you're going to run this shit. I would make so many binders. So a hyper-organized person who can make lists for days and get shit done and is occasionally working with more incompetent people than she is. (laughs) Look, I understand where my strengths and weaknesses are. Organization is not one of them. This is why I have Alice. So uh, we have Leslie Nope. We have uh, your Tom character. Your Tom character, Kate, how do you describe Tom? Tom is like an entrepreneurial genius cloaked in like seven layers of swag and Axe body spray. Accurate. That basically sounds like the cloud that's coming from Silicon Valley. He's very much like in the show, he admires a lot of like rappers and athletes. He wants to be a baller. And in the show, it's cool because he goes from being kind of this joke to being a serious businessman, like as the show progresses. But he's 
very extravagant and out there. And it's Aziz Ansari in the show itself. And he does the role really well. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. And then your Ron Swanson is like, as Yvette described, kind of your all-American guy. Stash, fucking eat steak, Old Spice. Um, he's a libertarian in the show. So he's the one person in the government who's like, I just don't give a shit. And I kind of want to see this place burn. <laughs> That's amusing. And we began by seeing Leslie button up her shirt. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I kind of took issue with is the actress had really, really long blonde hair, like close to down to her waist. That's not Leslie no pair. No, it's not that cute little flippy bob that she does. Yeah. It's like the classic look. It was a little disappointing. But so she explains that, you know, she and Ben just got married and everything is... Not amazing. She does nail the personality, though. And while they were watching C-SPAN's Orin Hatch Christmas special, Eggnog down to Hatch, he said uh, mm. he needs to try something different and have her take a walk on the wild side. So first off, can we go back to Eggnog down to Hatch? What does that look like for a Christmas special of Orin Hatch? Oh, God. I can't think of anything less erotic than Orin Hatch drinking Eggnog. I really can't. I'm trying to think of something that would involve him pornographic with being covered in eggnog. And I, pardon me, I'm going to have to go vomit. Sorry, Oren. Just some of your votes this last few. <laughs> Sorry, moving on. I said I wouldn't get political and I lied. I do that frequently on the political thing. Moving on. Uh, we find out he would be surprised what I'm up to when he's not around. And we cut to Ben. Leslie's closet is filled with glitter glue and collage supplies, not skeletons. Accurate. I mean, I've been there. I can relate to Leslie so much. And I kid you not when I say this, this is a little embarrassing. Actually, this is my secret. You know, I I will talk about BDSM stuff for days, but my binders. Ladies, can you guess how many binders I have in a closet right now? Uh, 37. That was just, I just threw that out there guessing. Okay, I'm going to guess 42. So I'm a little higher. Kate's closer, but it's... 64. Yeah, actually, so it's about 59. Jesus Christ! (laughs) I'm not judging, I'm just... I'm impressed, really. This is a sign that I am nowhere near on top of my shit enough. I have, like, two. I've actually cut back on making binders for a little while. What, um, what is in all of the... Yeah, what, what are you doing with those binders? Do you literally have women in the binders? <laughs> do you have binders full of women? Maybe your closet does have skeletons. They're just hidden in binders. Look, I'm just saying that if Mitt Romney had binders full of women, I probably could beat him. (laughs) That said, they actually, so they're filled with everything from business plans, ideas, trip plans. Like I literally sit down and make lists and turn a list into binders. It's a bad habit. Our podcast has six. Okay, I say this with love. Remember when I got married about almost exactly a year ago and I had already gotten married three weeks before the conference. There's five pages in a binder dedicated to your Okay, wedding. so Kate, I got married last year and there was a conference two, three weeks after I got married and I told the person who was in charge of the conference and Alice was working in the conference as well. I'm like, and I was giving a talk at this thing uh, and they were like, I was like, yeah, next time I see you, I'll be married. And they were like, do you want to get married at the conference? I'm like, no, I've already paid the courthouse. I was eloping. I'm like, yeah, I've already paid the courthouse fees. They're like, no, let's marry you on stage. So Alice planned my wedding after I was already married. <laughs> this is who she is. So I'm not at all surprised that there are five pages somewhere in a binder for my wedding. <laughs> that is awesome, though. I'm oh also a binder-oriented person. I don't have any right now. 
because I constantly want to make them, but I find that almost everything I do is just on my computer. Yeah. I write things in Sharpie on white pieces of paper, and I'll write big lists of this content. This is what's going out this month. This is what kind of pictures. This is what we're shooting today. And I do have those taped up all over my office like a crazy person. I totally understand. <laughs> my closest thing to a binder is Google Docs. The problem is things for me get lost in Google Docs. I need a mm-hmm. visual, which what's nice is when I have my binders, I can pull stuff out of the binders and throw them on walls, tape them, like have them in front of me. It's just a lot easier for me to focus. And guys, like all right, so I'm pretty certain this is a fetish or it can be turned into one. I was about to say, we can spank really hard with the side of a binder. <sighs> There's an episode of 30 Rock which is one of my other favorite TV shows where Tina Fey is trying to have a baby with her husband and they're trying to track her ovulation and she's not very into sex. Like she's not, that it's kind of a huge part of the show until he's like, well, we need to organize it. Like, can we put our calendars together? And there's this great scene. She's like at her desk, she's like, this could, this could be a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. We could have that there and that in there. And, oh, yes, yes, that's it right there. That's the day we got it. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. So now if you want to know what Kate sounds like when she's faking it, <laughs> it's called acting. She's a thespian. That said, I have gotten hot from coordinating schedules. Men, this is how you turn me on. On the contrary, I am a bullshit buster. I go after people who are who are con artists and selling bad science. I get hot by ruining lives <laughs> or through sex. So who knows? <laughs> so speaking of sex, the local porn store, according to Ron, oh uh, has become a success, you know, due to the free market in the U.S. of A. Which is funny because in the show, the local porn store becomes a success because there's a government bailout to save it. <laughs> and it turns into this huge scandal when Leslie's a, a city councilwoman because they give the local video stores going to go out of business. They give him a tax break and tell him, you know, you need to focus on more popular films that people want to rent. And they go back two days later, and it's a porn store. And he's like, well, this is the part of the business that always did really well for us. <laughs> Which is true. Yeah. You know what? People shouldn't be ashamed. Politicians should not be ashamed of supporting local businesses, even if it's a local porn store. Yeah? Especially if it's a local porn store, because you know that shit's not going out of business. You're supporting something sustainable. But they gave everyone in the office a celebratory gift basket. With some fun toys like dildos. And cookies and DVDs, which, I mean, I don't have a DVD player, so that might be an issue. I don't either, and I have several DVDs that I'm in and I can't watch that. <laughs> I have none of the above. So uh, cue to Tom, or the female Tom that we have, and she was so great. Fantastic. So I got a free porn video, and as I like to call it, a P-Vitty. We hadn't had this much porn in the office since the last porno store. Shop till you drop your load, which was shut down because it turned out the carpets had herpes. I have not ever experienced a herpetic carpet. If you have ever experienced a herpetic carpet, please email us info at twogirls1mike.com. I don't think you can get herpes from a carpet, though. You can't. The virus can't stay alive that long on like a surface. Like unless it's like a direct rub from one genital and then you just hop on and just, you know, smoosh around a bit. I think it's pretty difficult. Unless... Kind of like pregnancy from a toilet seat. Like it's just not going to happen. No. Although I would be lying if I said I didn't keep a bag of Clorox wipes in my shoe bag. You're allowed. That's just normal. 
Oh my God. So I once heard of this porn star. Fuck. I don't remember which one, but I, this was told to me by like someone in the industry that there is a porn star who like, I think like tried like taking a sanitation wipe and wiping some guy's dick on set. <gasps> oh no. Oh. So it's not going to sanitize it. It's going to find you every micro tear in the skin that's ever happened. Oh, oh, oh. I'm hoping it wasn't a sanitary wipe. I'm hoping it was just like, we're going to like wet this paper towel and use. Uh, yeah. So she's not in porn, uh, but I've heard of people who are germaphobes who have been in the industry. They don't last long. Clearly. I, I'm kind of a germaphobe. I'll be honest. I'm a very clean person. My house is always clean. I clean it every day. It, well, especially being in this industry, you kind of almost have to be. Because you can't risk getting, you know, like, a, even if you get a little scrape on your arm and it gets infected or something, you can't risk that. Fair enough. Makes and sense. I do know some people, unfortunately, in this industry who don't have the greatest hygiene habits. Ooh. Oh, I don't, I can't name names. Don't worry, don't um, We'll end recording eventually and you can spill. I know a couple of other performers that are also very, very clean people. And we, like, swap tips on how to, like keep what's you know we won't tell anyone who the unclean people are we'll just send them our a complimentary wash your junk kit once it happens right <laughs> but I worked with this girl one time and she it was like an orgy so it was a lot of people and she comes up she's like you know hey guys like I always bring antibacterial soap to set just just in case so if anybody wants to borrow some here, here it is I'm gonna put it in the bathroom you guys are welcome like oh my heart I was like I love you oh she wants to make sure everyone's demicrobed yeah, right. Just hand sanitizer and, and generally keeping things clean is, is in everyone's best interest. So speaking of things that aren't clean, are the blankets that the Indians got from the white European colonists? Oh, my God. That was a line. I love that they pulled this in because it is such a plot line on the actual show. Did this happen? So in the show in Pawnee, Indiana, there's the Wamapoke Indians, and they've just been horrifically mistreated by the white settlers since the town I was founded. I am shocked. Yeah. And they constantly bring it up with different, like, characters, and it's it's a reoccurring plot line. So I thought it was hilarious that they included that, like, in the porn parody because it's, it's obvious that whoever made it was, like, really watching the show. Yeah, so apparently she brings it up because the white European colonists gave beautiful blankets to the Indians that were crabs infested because by giving the Indians crabs, it would rush them out of their homes. Yeah. And she says, well, sometimes I feel like I'll never give Ben crabs. Like I'll be the innocent blanket giver. It's like, Aww. what kind of like far-fetched comparison, but you know what? I'm going to take it and work with it. For someone who had never seen the show, I just thought it was kind of a person who had very little grasp on reality and her place in the universe. But Apparently that's accurate. Yeah, so. but we could go to Ron and do you write the lines down for this? I got most of it. Let's see. Uh, so Ron, of course, is talking about his gift basket, which is sitting on his desk. Today I started watching one of my gifts. It's a DVD entitled Eat His Meat, which you would guess is an oral sex movie, but it's naked women devouring T-bone steaks. Probably the sexiest thing I've seen since Chuck Palisade's six-legged oak table. We keep me for my ability to do these voices. That's Which, that is actually a kind of porn where there's women who eat bread and there's women who eat, like, meat. Is there women who eat bread for porn? 400 people liked a 17-second video of me eating a meatball sub the other day. So I was one of them. 
Thank you so much. Can you imagine if it was longer? Oh, yeah. It is longer. It's on my OnlyFans. Mm. No, I ate the whole sandwich. I just, <laughs> Twitter has a clip on I wonder it. if there would be more clicks if it was a faster devour. Like, I just want to know what, what the click ratio is per the devourment. Is there like a calculus on this? Is there a type of sandwich that gets more clicks? You know what? I will take one for the team and test this out. And I'll come Please. back to you in a few months and let you know. I thought the meatball sub was a good one because it's kind of messy. Ooh. It makes sense. It's sort of phallic in general. There's balls in your face. Yeah. And I just come home from set and I always eat a sandwich after I work pretty much. It's usually my after sex meal. I like it. If you feel like you know which type of sandwich Kate should eat for her OnlyFans videos, uh, write to us at info at twogirlswinemike.com. We will pass along the message and uh, she'll probably eat it and hopefully make it happen, I guess. Maybe. Please do. I like to keep my content relevant, but if it's tuna salad, fuck you. <laughs> I feel like a large-ish bratwurst in a French baguette might get you some clicks. That is... That's just my guess. I could be wrong. I do not understand the male psyche entirely. Some people want just a simple PB&J. I'd watch the shit out of that. Ooh. I like fluff for nutters, the peanut butter and marshmallow fluff. As a New Englander who misses anyone knowing what the fuck that is out in California, I, I feel you so hard. It's so good. So good. It's so sticky. Nobody out here even knows what it is. So speaking of business ideas, <laughs> uh, we have Tom and uh, he or she in this porn. So we have a female Tom in the porn. Well, she wants to start a Pawnee pornographic business and AKA porny biz. I've been working on a few ideas. Check this out. It's insane clown pussy, AKA porn for jugglos. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they had a photo of female juggalos, like in full makeup. Like it was hysterical. I'm sorry. I, I was crying laughing when I saw it. Though. I feel like this porn has to exist somewhere already. If you've seen juggalo porn, email us info at twogirlswithmike.com. I need to watch if juggalo it. porn is your thing, email us at info at girls. Look, I'm not hating on juggalos or juggalo porn. I just need to know if it exists and who it works for. I did have a very good friend who was a former juggalo and who worked at a porn store nice. and theater. Yeah. And I went in one time uh, with this guy I was seeing because we were messing around and we're like, we're going to go fuck in a porno theater. Nice. It, yeah. Right. And I fucked in a porno theater. I think I'm one of the only people under like 50 that can say that. <laughs> I'm going to go do it just to add to the percentage. But we went in. And the dude's trying to be all, like, sneaky and stuff. And I, like, look up at the counter. I was like, oh, my God, Ryan. How are you, man? I didn't recognize you with all that juggalo makeup on Without the makeup. the counter. No, with it on. That's how he goes to work, right? No, no. He's a, he's kidding. very much a former oh. juggalo now. God I, damn it. I know. I, I would lie about it because it'd be funnier, but he'd get mad at me. How does someone end up leaving juggalo life? There's so many questions. It's a lot of tattoo removal. I'm not going to lie. Oh. <laughs> Our friend Tracy has told us that is painful. She is in the process of reclaiming her skin. He had a huge one across his chest that said Juggalo, like for, oh. I mean, massive, and had to remove it. So we go in and I'm like, oh my God, Ryan, like, that's so great to see you, man. And he's like, yeah, and like, gives me a big hug. He's like, you can do whatever you want here. And like, we're walking upstairs and the guy with goes, really? He's like, you're really friends with the dude who runs the porno theater? It's like, yeah, this, this is the people I run with, friendo. <laughs> like, yeah. Now we're going to go have a really great time. 
you're welcome. Yeah. Like it. <laughs> if I had a friend running the Porto Theater, I'd be like, so what can I get discounts on? Right. Not can I judge someone for this? I was like, you're the manager of a strip club. He was a joke. He was very yeah, sex okay. positive. But cool. it was it was still really funny that I just happened to know the person that worked. I like it. So getting back to the porn, yes. Leslie decides to watch a porn DVD and she watches Too Big to Nail kind of love the name of it. But what's interesting is now we end up having a porn parody about Parks and Rec in the porn parody about Parks and Rec. Yes, because in Parks and Rec, the show, Too Big to Nail is a porno that they make. No shit. It's the porno that they make after she bails out the porn movie shop. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh my God, I have to watch this show. Thank you, Leroy Myers. You have given Parks and Rec a new viewer. <laughs> I'm fascinated by the fact that they, yeah, wow. The amount of research that he did that went into this movie. <laughs> because it, they, they hold the whole thing. And Brandy Max, who's like an ongoing, she's like the porno version of Leslie. And she's a reoccurring character in the show. And she's like, we just want to say thank you so much for, you've done so many wonderful things for helping the pornography business in town. Which there's like a subplot that there's somehow like a significant pornography industry in Indiana in the show. Um, Let's (laughs) ask our friend Dan, Alice. No, there isn't. No. But uh, we have Leslie Grope in this porn. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you're here, Don Swanson. The local video store is going under. We need to save it. Don, I'm a strict libertarian and I don't believe in bailouts. Leslie, I know you're an assets man. I'm just trying to redistribute my assets. Read the bottom line. I don't understand what these numbers mean. Are these soft costs or hard costs? You tell me. Bow chicka wow wow. <laughs> so, but oh. our original Leslie porn actress is kind of grossed out by it. So uh, she shuts her screen off. But then we go back to Tom and he has some more great porn ideas. And this, I feel like, were my favorite parts. I didn't manage to jot all of them down, but oh, I did. So he actually says, What do people like more than midgets in, in Will, Will Ferrell movies? movies. <laughs> Nothing. So I present to you Elves I've Liked to Fuck, all midget porn parodies. Of Will Ferrell movies, you know this right now. That someone's making this. It has to. It has to be happening. Yeah, Tiny to Talladega, Bam, Little People, Big Bucks, Little Love Making Land of Lost. Is there a porn parody of Elf? I feel like that could be a thing. Well, there's definitely a porn parody of Anchorman, but I mean, Step Brothers. I that would... was the next one I was going to ask. Look, <laughs> he's also in Zoolander, old school. Get hard. I mean, the name itself, like, that's a porn parody. Yeah. Minus the twist of of all midget parodies of Will Ferrell uh, movies. I feel like you could make a, a decent collection of parodies of Will Ferrell movies. I don't know why I got on topic of midgets today at work. Little people, before we get angry letters. That is fair. We're quoting the porno. They used that word. They did use that word. But that said, I kind of looked and I checked. And for some reason, I don't, again, I don't know how we got into this conversation, but we needed to check if the domain midgetfinder.com. Oh my God. <laughs> Holy shit. <I>, was available. <laughs> I don't know if I want to know the context or not. Mm. And here's the thing. We realized there could be so many scenarios of what it could be. It could just be a bunch of photos of little people. It could be someone who finds little people for you. Like a private investigator. <laughs> like a bounty hunter yeah. for midgets. 
So they're very <laughs> small. They're hard to see if you're if you're a tall person. You have to. You'll crane your neck a lot. Maybe it's like a periscope, oh. only the reverse. I have no idea. I actually did. There was my ex, who's a very lovely person, but he he had sort of a thing for little people. Like he would never admit it, but he did. Mm. And, and it's fine if you do. We were go- I, exactly, and we were going to a strip club one time, and they had a little person who is a dancer. Oh my god! That was it. Was like thirty minutes away. The entire car right there. Babe, babe, did you? Did you hear? She's only, she's only like two eleven. Babe, babe. I was like, yep, uh, honey, honey. I know, I know. It's very exciting. I was like, you're you're not gonna pick her up, right, honey? You can't do that. You gotta ask her if it's okay and pay her if you're gonna do. That. Oh, I promise. I will. I mean, he was. It was like a kid on Christmas. He was so fucking excited. And then wow. he saw her on stage, and he like was str- he couldn't talk to her. It was hilarious. Oh my god. <laughs> like it was like me in front of Manuel Ferrer. Like I, I, he couldn't talk to her. <laughs> And I just sitting there drunk, laughing, just, I mean, losing it at his embarrassment. <laughs> oh my God. The last thing midgetfinder.com could be is like the task rabbit for little people. So like <laughs> if you have like a small corridor or like, I don't know, vents that need cleaning. I have to throw this out. I always feel weird using the term little people in the context of pornography. Look, I'm just saying if someone's six foot eight, I'm going to ask them to reach for a really tall shelf. Why can't I ask someone of a smaller stature to go into vents? Clean up. Oh, no, I agree with you on that. Is it okay still to use the term midget within the context of pornography or no? Because little people seems like a very strange term to be using within the context of sex. Okay, I actually have a very thought out point on this. And I appreciate Um, that, please. Yes, I've thought about this a lot. I think pornography is the last bastion of the politically incorrect. And I think it is always been that way. I think it's always going to be that way. And I don't think it necessarily needs to be a negative thing. Because so much porn is driven by search terms, like MILF, midget, like those kinds of things. Yeah. And it is. I mean, porn is supposed to be dirty and weird and gross and fun. Yeah. And transgressive sometimes. Exactly. Like, you know, people are going to call me things and say certain names that I might not use myself. But that's a part of it. I mean, it's part of the appeal. And because there is so much porn and so much content, yeah. there absolutely is porn that is more respectful or in that vein. I don't really see a problem with it. I don't, the things that I see as a problem in porn are bigger issues that actually affect the lives of performers, not what we're tagged as in the categories on Pornhub. I don't think that's as big of a problem. Does that make sense? That does make sense. That makes sense. I mean, the reason I ask is here's the thing. I'm not one of those, none of us in this room is is a little person. I mm-hmm. just ask because I'm curious what the, you know, because the rest of society has accepted the language of little person. I'm fine mm-hmm. with that. Like I said, it feels really weird to say little person when you're talking about fucking. Like, mm, I want to, if there is a more correct answer out there and you know what it is, please, I implore you, email us info at twogirlsonemike.com. I want to know. Also, I mean, it's one of those things where, Sometimes I want to make a joke, but then I realize, I mean, that's a thing when it comes to porn. You can make, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes inappropriate and or offensive jokes and or commentary. But, you know, it's, again, it's just language. It's not how we're treating each other, especially in porn, because people seem to have so much more respect for each other. Jesus. But 
like, for example, I was thinking the other day and I wanted to post this, but I restrained myself. So I'm going to just tell it on the podcast, which was like a girl like who jumps from dick to dick. Can you call that parkour? <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. That's so it's, funny. And here's the thing. You have to hear it sometimes with the inflection. You have to know the person's not like women who have multiple partners are whores. Like, you know. Exactly. Comedy delivery matters. Like there was. And I wanted like type that and I'm like, uh, uh, yeah. how is this going to get like. And I delete shit all the time because oh, yeah. I'm like, how is this going to be taken? This has to have happened to both of you. Have you ever had like a seven paragraph rant? Like you've done editing on this. You have, you've you have spell fucking checked. You have references. And then you're like, nah, this will be too much of an argument. It happens to me all the time. The amount of half written shit stuff in drafts. I'm like, I could probably just bang out three months worth of content if I just finish the drafts or went, you know, maybe this won't end horribly. My drafts folder is a scary place. I do get a lot of compliments on my Twitter feed. I'm pretty funny. It makes me nervous now because I know I'm nervous that people meet me in person and I'm not actually as funny as I am I on the I feel internet. the same way. Don't worry. <laughs> the only reason I'm funny in person is because I just they just remember the hits, not the misses. They don't yep. remember all the times in person that I'm like, let me not stutter through the next thick fetenthus. Or maybe they just remember all the funny faces. I don't know. But right. I'm like, let me just survive this. So speaking of things that are awkward, while Ron watching meat porn of women <laughs> eating T-bones, because that's a thing. You could mm-hmm. deep throat that. Sure. A T-bone? A T-bone? The bone itself. Oh, the bone itself. You shouldn't try. That's sharp. Yeah. Don't do that. I'm trying no. to think of how no. it could be sexual other than just Ron Swanson's a weirdo. But the point is, so we have Leslie who barges in on him getting cozy with it. And uh, she says that she needs to be bad. We, Ron, we need to have sex why on earth do we need to do that? Well, I, I need to be bad. Then rob a bank that you need to have sex with me so Ben doesn't divorce me. Well, that seems counterintuitive. I I know, I know, but this has to happen. So he says, okay, now polish my wood before I change my mind. Okay, your thoughts before I say my thoughts. I haven't seen the show before. I am going to have less insight as to if they stayed in character throughout the fucking than you two are. But I found there were Ron Swansoning moments and lines throughout the dialogue. Like there was one point where he was like, yeah, move your hips like that. And literally he just like picked her up and put her back down. He's like, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is such a like, oh, ba- like, look, your boobs are here. Like that's, that, that wasn't a line, but it, like it felt like a very guy. Look, there are boobs and vagina. I am a basic man here as well. What I need. He did say, if I didn't know any better, I'd ask for rates. Oh my God. <laughs> it was kind of fairly like, it, I don't want to call it basic gonzo porn because there was talking throughout it and it wasn't just, you know, hammer, hammer, hammer. But like, you know, it was perfectly masturba- master- masturbatory. You could masturbate to it. It was perfectly jerk offable. That's the, that works. Uh, you could have an orgasm watching this, but it did have the fun little slowdown moments of occasionally incorporating Ron Swanson back into the, into the seat. I had two issues. Let's hear it. Okay. They kept the fucking blinds open. Okay. I'm sorry. Right. 
this is a continuity error. And they show that the blinds are open because they do it from the perspective of if you're looking into the office. I just don't appreciate the fact where it's you're in a government office building, you're having sex throughout the workday, you're committing adultery, you even say so multiple times, you keep the fucking blinds open. Oh, and Leslie, fuck you. You're so vocal. You're screaming during sex. I'm sorry. Do you remember where you are? You are at your job, woman. I've done some screaming during sex. I have done, okay, some fucking that I won't admit to in government buildings, but I kept it quiet in the lab. I'm kidding about Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. Who knows? But keep it quiet if you're going to do that at work. If I was imagining how Leslie Nope has sex, I would assume she is probably pretty vocal because she's like a very staunch feminist. So I feel like she would own it. But yeah, I could see that being frustrating. I could also say that if the blinds are closed or open in porn— what happened was that there was a huge argument about between the director and various PAs about how <laughs> the lighting was going to work in this scene. And at least one PA got yelled at. <laughs> I've never been on one of Leroy's steps. The second PA was fired. There's a gaffer crying in the corner. Whenever you're filming around windows, it's like the worst because the light's going to change. You're going to lose it. There's going to be some cloud that comes. The reflection's going to be there of something. Yeah. Windows are like a nightmare. So from a technical standpoint, I'm guessing it had something to do with that. They were just like, we need this light in here. We have three hours. We need the shot. We're going to redo the shot. We don't have the lighting. We're we'll fix it in post. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe Ron Swanson's a man who wants his office to know he's been banging because there are no cameras in there because he's a libertarian. He doesn't need the expensive cameras in his office because he has, he's Ron Swanson, he has eyes, he can see it. So <laughs> he actually is. In the show, there is a running joke that when he has had sex the night before, he comes into the office wearing a red polo shirt and black pants, the same as Tiger Woods when he wins. That's huh. interesting. Yeah. And there's a couple times you see him in that outfit. It means he's just banged somebody. How did I miss that? I got to rewatch this series. Now I have a show I have to throw into the Netflix queue. So uh, post-sex, we see Leslie all cleaned up and we see her with Ben having a quick little interaction. So he says, hey, we're going for lunch. Oh, no, thanks. I just ate. She kisses Ben and he's like, ate what? Burgers and Old Spice? <laughs> and then he spits out this lock of hair that is so clearly... A Ron Swanson thick black lock of hair. <laughs> and he goes, uh, Leslie? But we don't oh. end there. We end on Tom. I have one more idea. iRobot. It's an iPhone app that tells you when a Will Smith movie sucks. <laughs> Ta-da. I had my first kiss, actually my first makeout session to a Will Smith movie. Which one? I'm not kidding you when I say this title, The Pursuit of Happiness. <laughs> It's, I just got to applaud that shit. I pursued my own that's, That deserves some applause. We're, we're, well done. Well done. I have no good story for, uh, oh no, I have a good story for the song that I lost my virginity to. The Bad Touch by the Bloodhound Gang. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, you and nice. me, baby. Oh yeah, that's what I fucking <laughs> lost my virginity to. So let's do it like they do Bad on the Discovery Channel. Yeah, that, that shit happened. That's a great, I've danced that song so many times. Good song still. It's like for a while that felt embarrassing and weird and gross. And now it just makes me laugh. 
I lost my virginity to Frank Sinatra's My Way. Hey, <laughs> you're a classy bitch. I like it. So immediately after we fucked, I was 17. He uh, ran around my room helicoptering his dick to the song. It was on repeat. <laughs> I did it my way. <laughs> so fucking funny. You know, as, as you do. As you do. As you do. As you do. We're still friends. It can't be all classy. <laughs> How can one be classy when they're just, you know, running around after having sex? Is there just like swinging Do we do dick. the waltz? I am a classy bitch who doesn't know how to waltz. Vietnamese waltz, slow waltz. Baby, Damn. we can do this. Yeah. You're Eastern European though. No polka? Uh, I do know how to polka. Yes. I also know how to foxtrot, quick step. So that is awesome. Point is, Dancing with the Stars, Bill, we're, we're doing this again. <laughs> dancing with the porn stars would be funny. Oh my God, why is it not a thing? Be very funny. I feel that's a thing that should happen. <laughs> I feel the coordination level would be higher than a lot of people on Dancing with the Stars. I'm just. It probably would be because you kind of have to. Well, most, a lot of girls I know in porn are great dancers because they're also dancers. Yeah. The guys are already in great shape. Let's make this happen. This is a series that needs to be pitched. Yvette, we're doing it. All right. Who do, how many producers do, give us like six months. Well, I, it's, which network will pick this up in three seconds? Netflix, fucking Netflix, call us. We know you'll pick up anything. You'll pick it up for six seasons, for fuck's sake. <laughs> if you are from Netflix, HBO, Showtime, <laughs> and or any other Amazon Prime network. will take you. Literally, Pandora, Spotify, <laughs> contact us. We will write your content. We will produce your content. We don't have the experience, but we can make this shit happen. Uh, info at twogirlsonemike.com, dancing with the porn stars. I feel like another uh, plot for a horrible show would be like one week to porno where we have to like write a full length porno once a week, like a movie length. Oh, Mike Quasar does like six of those every week. You're oh. fine. You just drink a lot of tequila. Okay, cool. This is what happens when I'm used to writing science research. I'm like, what do you mean I have to write this much fast? I don't have to look anything up. I mean, so something like this that we watched, like that Leroy Myers does anything like that, is a lot of, obviously, time and, like, writing. Yeah. But, like, actually writing for most of the scenes, like, that I've done, it's not that much time. They kind of have an idea of, like, we need to get this sort of thing. Yeah. But like I said, like I know that some of those people write. I've seen people come up with the plot on set. Yeah. We were already there and they're like, oh, okay, actually you're going to do this. I'm like, all right. We need a 30 second intro before penis happens. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that, you know, that whole Tommy fucking a couch thing happened like while on set. They're like, no, 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 no. we're, we're going to have him fuck the couch. It's going to happen. No, that was a whole thing. That was planned? They built the couch. It's a puppet. It's a couch oh. puppet. Yeah, no, that was that, that was why I, th I was like, you guys have to win. This is so much time and money and planning. Tommy retweets the podcast every week. I don't know if he actually listens to it, but Tommy, I want to I want to know what fucking that couch was like. So we need details. We need call us everything. Just <laughs> slide into our DMs and let us know everything about couch fucking. We need. Is this an activity that other men are missing out on? Like, do you need to insert a some sort of a fleshlight into the couch and then you feel an emotional connection to the couch? I don't know how this works. So speaking of people, we have emotional connections with our Patreons. <laughs>
So by the way, if you like what we're doing, we actually have more content and more conversation with Kate. And I mean, it was great conversation that we had too. Shit got silly. Shit did get silly. Uh, for five bucks a month, you can listen to additional uh, episodes uh, that are like 15, 20 minutes long on patreon.com slash two girls, one mic. Uh, by the way, you help pay for audio editing. You pay for mics that we send out like to Kate. Uh, you pay for our hosting and a ton of other shit. Uh, so we can't do this show without you guys. So our patrons that we want to thank this week, some new and old, include Robert Hetherington, Shane Wright, Matthew Culp, Michael Gatt, Carl, Bob Mudford, Bob Cole, Enno, Eric H., Jason Mitchell, Mark Romer, Pets, Paul Freeland, Samuel Jennings, BN, Jeff Peterson, and many more. Yeah. So again, become a patron. And if you can't, by the way, leave us a review on iTunes. A shit ton of you have been doing it. It's been amazing. We still have a five-star rating, don't we? Yeah. And we're like closing on, on like 200 ratings at this point. We want a little rating. Just a little rating. Give us a little rating. Give us, give us, just give us a five-star little something. rating. Just, you know just what go I like. in and say, I love the two girls and their mic. It's a five-star rating. That's how you get to me and my binders. Um. <laughs> I mean, and biting her shoulder occasionally. That works. So, and so. her ear. Um, but good to know for next. Will they? Won't they? Will they? Won't they? Oh, Alice, I'm up in that. I mean, you know, I'll oh. ask for consent first because we are a consent survey podcast. Anywho, Kate, where can people find you on the interwebs? All the different places where people can hunt you down. Yes, you can find me on Twitter. That's where I usually am at Kate Kennedy XXX. You can find me on Instagram at Kate X Kennedy X. And if you want any of my paid content, if you want to see me naked eating sandwiches multiple times a week, you can subscribe to my OnlyFans, which is at Kate Kennedy XXX. It's $8 a month, but I often run um, promos and sales. And I think I'm actually about to do one because I just hit 20,000 followers on Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I need to get on that. But yes, so that's where you can find me on the internet. Cool. Or on Pornhub. Oh. I mean, or you could just Google me, the two. It's funny because I when people ask me like what I do, like when I'm out in the real world, a lot of times they'll just very vaguely just be like, oh, I'm a model. And they'll be like, oh, oh, have you been in anything I've seen? And I'll be like, have you heard of the internet? Because <laughs> I'm... There. <laughs> You're sitting here going, there might be a little bit of what you've seen me in still like kicking around in your your boyfriend's browser history is a good <laughs> place to look. Yeah, right under a uh, bratty sis or a uh, best friend has crush on father. <laughs> oh, one of those. <laughs> so many of those. So many of those. So many. <laughs> and you know what it also turns me on? Let's hear it. When people share and talk about our podcast on social media. So please share. If you can't give us money, that's fine. Just talk about us all the time to the people you know. Because we've gotten now like well over like hundreds of thousands of downloads. And there's no way we could fucking hit that those numbers without you guys sharing and talking about us we're doing really damn well and it's because of you guys and we want we want to keep doing damn well so tell all of your friends who watch porn so tell all of your friends about our podcast anyways alice where can people find you 
Well, people can find me on Twitter at Rational Blonde and yeah, on patreon.com slash two girls, one mic. Yvette, where can people find you? Over at the Cybabe on Twitter and Instagram and at facebook.com slash Cybabe, where I serve up a little bit of snark and science. Uh, and we, mm. I, I think we're we're about wrapped up for this week. Yes, we are. <gasps> yes, definitely. So guys, we will see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.